Welcome to Communicore Weekly. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. It's fun to be free. It's time for Disney History. Everyone has some interest in transportation. Whether using cars, trains, airplanes, buses, boats, or just by simply walking, everyone uses some form of transportation in their everyday life. Man has always relied on his ability to travel, and he has always searched for ways to improve that ability. Epcot Center's Future World included a pavilion all about transportation, the World of Motion. Fittingly located in a round building to represent the wheel, World of Motion used the Epcot formula of examining the past of transportation as well as looking forward to its future. The ride was designed by the legendary Mark Davis, well known for his work on Pirates of the Caribbean, the Jungle Cruise, and Haunted Mansion, you know, among others. Working alongside him was veteran Disney animator Ward Kimball. The two of them were known for having a fantastic sense of humor, sort of like two other guys I know. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and it really showed in the attraction. It was evident in such gags as a used chariot sale and the world's first traffic jam. The narration was provided by Gary Owens, whose scholarly, serious delivery was a perfect contrast to the humorous show scenes. Many of the vehicles seen during the different scenes of the ride were either authentic models or exact replicas. Of course, being a General Motors-sponsored attraction, all of the automobiles were GM brands. GM sponsored the show from its opening day in 1982 all the way until it closed in 1996. They were actually one of the first sponsors that signed up for Epcot Center. Interestingly, Disney had approached GM about creating an attraction for the 1964-65 New York World's Fair. GM declined, and suggesting that uh, Disney talk to Ford, which is kind of weird, which had been having some public relations problems. After seeing what a hit the Ford Pavilion was at the fair, GM regretted that decision, obviously. That was one of the reasons why they did sign on to sponsor an Epcot attraction. World of Motion made use of 150 audio-animatronic figures, which was the largest audio-animatronic cast in any Disney attraction at the time. While many of the figures weren't as complex as those in the American Adventure, each figure was extremely effective given the short amount of time that it was seen by each guest. They populated the ride's 30 scenes, which spanned the different ages of transportation from the use of feet to the first traffic jam. The song, It's Fun To Be Free, was written by Exitensio and Buddy Baker, the same two who wrote Grim Grinning Ghosts, uh, you got to stop giving me this song. You, you keep trying I to just, sing stuff, I just, man. I know. Uh, you know, Grim Grinning Ghost for the Haunted Mansion. Buddy also arranged the song into countless variations, which were heard throughout the ride as well as in the waiting area. Much like in the Haunted Mansion, these variations were heard in one-minute loops that repeated continuously. The loops were all synchronized so that, to guess, it would sound like one continuous song throughout the attraction. Buddy demonstrated his talents by arranging the song in every single style from Egyptian to Renaissance to modern times and pretty much everything in between. After the attraction, guests walked through the Trans Center, an innovations-like post-show area full of exhibits and shows about transportation and the things surrounding it. 
It also included such things as the Aero Test, where guests could use computer modeling to build their own car, Dreamer's Workshop, where guests can see concept models, and The Bird and the Robot, an audio-animatronics vaudeville show starring a robotic car manufacturing arm named Tiger, and his manager, Bird, a cigar-smoking toucan with a New York accent. After their sponsorship deal ended in 1992, business was not going so well for General Motors, so they started signing one-year contracts for the ride. Even during this time, the ride was prone to breakdowns and closures due to poor maintenance. Soon, an idea was thrown out to gut the building and turn it into a new, fast-paced attraction that could better show off GM's cars. Soon, Test Track was on the fast track to being built. In an ironic twist of fate, and to further prove the point of what a bad shape the ride was in, on the final ceremonial ride of World of Motion on January 2nd, 1996, it broke down. <laughs> the GM executives who were riding it had to climb out and walk back to the exit. You know, because of its humor and catchy song and simple storytelling methods, World of Motion was one of the more popular attractions of Future World when it it first opened. The subject matter, you know, the history and the future of transportation, touched on something everyone experiences every day of their lives, and as attraction reminds us, it is always fun to be free. He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak, so listen up to the words from his speech, it's George's Book of the Week. Anyone that has watched us or read any of my Mice Chat columns knows that I have a thing for Disney books, in particular, Disney souvenir books. They're a great way to relive a past vacation, do some research, or just lose yourself in some really great images. Somewhere in the late 1990s, the guides became very polished and focused more on creating an image of what a Walt Disney World vacation should be. Well, D23 has just released Let the Memories Begin, a 176-page look at Walt Disney World. Over the past few years, D23 has put out some amazing titles with some really great ones coming down the pike. And this book surprised me, and uh, not in a good way. See, here's the rub. The book is plain, it's generic, and it's missing any spirit whatsoever. It follows a standard format, with the majority of the book focusing on the theme parks. And there aren't any really good shots or anything that stood out except, and I hate to say this, but a shot of the building that houses Donald's Breakfast Safari in the Animal Kingdom is actually stunning. That's right. Animal Kingdom, baby. <laughs> but it was still only half of a page. Well, that's a half-day book. That's right, a half-day book. <laughs> they also posted a picture of World Showcase Nepcot, and there's not a covered stage on the American Gardens Theater, so that's an obviously, it's an older pick. So I was a little confused. Um, th that's just one of my gripes. You know, got plenty. With the, with the abundance of amazing photographers posting their photos on the internet, why would Disney print stock PR photos in the book? You know, one of the stock photos was of Soren. It is obviously a faked photo for PR, but it seemed more of a joke to me than anything else. I mean, I'd rather have an image of the inside of the Land Pavilion or even of the queue to Soren than a family on the ride. Well, simple anyway. solution take Soren out. Anyway, move on. <laughs> the one difference that the book does offer are various quotes from Disney employees and fans. And uh, when you, fans, I have to use air quotes around that. Uh, these quotes are sprinkled throughout the book. They're really supposed to make you reminisce about your first trip, your favorite ride, etc. But they, they come off as fake and fairly obtuse. 
There were three standouts from Dave Smith, Alex Wright, and Jason Sorrell. The others were all from Disney publishing employees or fans, again with the air quotes, that seemed to share the last names as the two authors, like there were a lot of people with last name of Eastwood and you, not Clint. You, you smell that? I, it smells like shenanigans to me. <laughs> exactly. When you get to the end of the book, the resorts and the, resor- the rest of the world are crammed into a mere 40 pages, and the whole book itself is almost 180. Uh, The resort as a whole is not really done justice. I really wanted to find something positive about the book, and the only thing that really got me excited, basically it was the end papers. And these are the papers that are featured on the inside, front, and back covers. They show a lot of historical ephemera from the parks, and and it's pretty drool-inducing, so i got to keep my book covered. Sadly, the rest of the book is rather ho-hum. Ho-hum. Not hi-ho. Not off to work we go. So buy it if you are a completist or if you see it in the parks and still want to buy it after flipping through it. If it's a legend that you seek, come on and take a peek at the window of the week. Leading the rare to the future, Meteor Cycle Company. Our vehicles pass the test of time. Fast, faultless, and fatless. Bob Gurr, design impresario. Located above the Disney Clothiers, you'll find this tribute to Bob Gurr. For nearly 40 years, he's helped move Disney theme park guests aboard vehicles and ride conveyances of his own design, such as the Autopia, to the Matterhorn Bod Sleds, to the Disneyland and Walt Disney World monorails, and much more. As he's often quipped, if it moves on wheels at Disneyland, I probably designed it. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. Pick any ride at a Disney park and you'll find that it's chock full of five-legged goats. This most definitely applies to Peter Pan's flight. Be sure to check out the blocks in the nursery as you soar through it. They spell out the words Disney and Peter Pan for those quick enough to read them. Also, as you fly high above London, you'll notice white fluffy clouds floating over the city. These clouds are nothing more than cut up trash bags that give off a cloud-like look when lit by the black light. And finally, for those with eagle eyes, be sure to look closely into the windows of Big Ben during the very same scene. You just might catch the silhouette of a certain mouse looking out over the city. Regular viewers, well, and some of the irregular viewers of Communicore Weekly, know that Jeff and I will be performing a live show in Epcot on Saturday, September 29th, in the Norway, Norway Pavilion. Pavilion. Oh, you couldn't let me say that by myself, I swear. Well, we invited Teresa from Fairy Godmother Travel on the show to tell us how people can score their own free ticket to the show. I know that there's only a few tickets left for the show, so people get, need to get in as soon as they can. And a way to get a free ticket is to book a three-night minimum package with Fairy Godmother Travel, and we will throw in a free ticket. It sounds too good to be true. No, it is true. Believe wow. it. Wow. <laughs> so they just a three night minimum stay? Yes. Well how three do night they, minimum package, yes. Three night minimum package. Well how mm-hmm. do they what's the next step for people? Um, just email mice chat at fairygodmothertravel.com and we'll take care of the rest. Okay. So mice chat at fairygodmothertravel.com. Jeff, do you want to say it too? Um mice chat at fairygodmothertravel.com to see how devastatingly handsome we are. 
for the, the live show. Oh, that's right. We were going to give Trace extra money if she said that. But she didn't, she... so we'll just keep the money for ourselves. Oh, that's true. That's true. Citrus swirls for everybody in the audience. But Teresa. Oh, Thanks so much for watching. Leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. And you can always email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. And follow us on Twitter. I'm at Imaginerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And we're from Mice Chat. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly. They like you.